You know those babies that are perfect, like actual angels, they sleep when they... I was one of those babies. <laughs> but they sleep when they should, they eat the milk, they drink the milk when they should, they don't fuss. Mm-hmm. I think they're called something. Um, but people always say, like, once you have that baby, that kind of baby first time, second time is going to be the polar opposite. Like, it's going to be really hard. I think my sister was that and I was the opposite. What, you was the hard or the easy baby? No, I think I was a harder baby. Really? I just threw up everywhere. No, actually, my sister threw up everywhere. I think I was, I don't know, one of us were good. I don't know who. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine you being a difficult baby. Actually, I was well-behaved, I think. Like, in the toddler years, and my sister would, was a menace. No, I, 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 I think you would have been a good toddler, but a baby baby? Yeah. No, you just give me <laughs> <laughs> just difficult baby vibes. That's a very... Ch- I don't know how we segue from babies <laughs> to the episode. <laughs> okay. I'm going to um, segue now. Yeah, let's segue. Um, so, guys, I hope you... Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite difficult, jump baby, too. What was the episode about? We're talking about the beginning of life, you know, how life starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this episode, we're actually going to talk about death. About death. Um... Um, you know what I was oh, thank you <laughs> I was having like a weird like thought yesterday yeah because I saw a really cute video of a cat and then the top comment was like oh it's crazy to know that it's gonna die <laughs> and I was just thinking I was like wow like everyone that you see everyone you encounter on this earth literally has an end Subhanallah. Like including yourself, it, I know it's, it's it's a bit silly to like, but it's just like I realized it, like it kind of deeped it. But like, yeah, it's I, like you really like you know it, but you really thought about it. Yeah, like I I was just like looking around and I was like, wow, even this bus driver, this person walking by me, like everyone, like Allah has promised every single person mm-hmm. a death. You know, every soul shall taste death, and I was like, that's crazy. That is so, yes, um, so yeah guys we're going to be talking about uh, life after death and how you can look after your souls um, yeah like you said Tanya we're going to be talking about you know I've heard people say it's not life after death it's life after life mm. it's the life after the life you live but yeah we're going to be talking about that some maybe tips and tricks to kind of tips and tricks <laughs> <laughs> I know that was the wrong context <laughs> Wait, what did we even talk about? No, we did talk about some some things that can keep us kind no, of... No, I know. I don't know why I find it so funny. <laughs> Tips and tricks to keep you living. Um, okay. No, just to really kind of... Instead of just existing, things that you can do to, like, maybe... Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, obviously, we give advice, like, to Hajjad and stuff like that. Things to really make use of your time and um you know turn back to Allah but the little things that can that you can do consistently every single day that aren't going to take a long time um mm-hmm. so inshallah stay tuned for that we're also going to be talking about um we're going to be referencing some hadith and um ayats from the Quran as we do inshallah um because you know as much as this is like a podcast we always want to bring it back to the Quran sunnah um so that there's a benefit for you guys and that is the source of all of our, whatever we say. But yeah, inshallah, you guys enjoy. And yeah, let's get into it.
We're interrupting this episode to remind you guys to please leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at NeuroJournalsPod because we frequently post new content there. We really appreciate your continued support and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Um, we are back for another episode. What is the episode today, Tanya? This episode is about looking after our souls and what we mean by looking after our souls, how we can do that. Yeah, I feel like we where did this i think the idea came from there was a day you were talking about a book that you read which you can actually see featured on an episode um on the book club uh, that we've done recently you was just reviewing the book and telling me how subhanallah like it's so comprehensive like the concept of souls and then also we said we want to combine it with self-care and what we see today in society yeah let's just get started so first Daniel what do we actually mean by looking after ourselves (laughs) it's like what we can do now while we're in you know on earth for our hereafter okay yeah I yeah just to add on to that I would definitely agree we always talk about our external working out Mm -hmm. you know looking after our skincare skincare routines and stuff like that but internally if you don't look after your soul, you don't look after what's inside, how you're feeling. Even like mental health is inside, it's all your internal body and then your external body isn't going to um, like match up to that. That's what I would uh, say looking after our souls means. What do you think is the significance of looking after yourselves? Uh, I think it's important, not only from a perspective of, okay, you're helping yourself and like you're developing your soul like ultimately it affects how your relationships are with people whether it's your parents whether it's friends whether it's if it's even like the ability to connect with new people honestly everything you always say like everything starts at the root you have to solve the root and you have to cure the root otherwise Mm -hmm. you know the branches or whatever the flower isn't going to be um it's not going to bloom or flourish yeah we always want to develop um develop ourselves in terms of when we think about academic achievements when we talk about um career like career-wise and career goals we're always looking to develop and look just you know what i mean like get reach a new level um but sometimes we see there's always like a stagnant point but you're just not moving but you are but you want to and i think mainly the cause is like we're not looking after our souls but yeah and also i think maybe people might be confused if you're not Muslim, we mean it through like a spiritual lens. So maybe strengthening your relationship with your Lord, strengthening your connection with the Quran and your religion. Our final question, or my final question to you is, explain a couple of ways that maybe you can enhance your spiritual well-being, whether that's like, maybe it's like little steps or mm-hmm. it could be like really big steps like that. Um, I think just starting to do like small good deeds, like even just smiling is like charity, right? Mm-hmm. In Islam. So I think even just doing small things like that, starting off like that. But I think um, also getting rid of like greed and just negativity, envy, anger, um, and kind of taking time to kind of control your emotions and not let those negative emotions Act, like make you act out um and i think just increasing your like doing dhikr having a remembrance of allah and i think main thing is like doing charity so I, for me i think looking after souls is kind of 
how you can feel a sense of peace in this world. Because I think you can, like, sit there and do as much skincare and makeup and wear the nicest clothes, but until you work on your internal and are able to really feel gratefulness. Yes, that's actually really interesting. There's two things I want to, like, take out from what you said. The mm-hmm. first thing is you mentioned, like, little things you do, like charity or, like, thicker. Is there or have you seen a clear difference to, let's say, before you was doing that, um, maybe consistently, or you did it here and there, and to when you was actually, like, intentionally making this part of your lifestyle? Do you see, Did you see a difference? And, yeah, what would, you, what would you say the difference was? I did. Um, I think there's, like, a hadith where the Prophet, peace be upon him, yes. if he received good news or something pleasing, he would fall down in prostration from gratitude to Allah. So then I kind of found myself being like, oh, let me let me actually just do you and thank Allah every time I feel grateful for something. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the week, let me just see how many things I actually am grateful for when I take a minute each time and actually thank Allah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So you're so basically like, being intentional and like actually seeking it. Yeah. Like ultimately it does bring you happiness. And that was the second thing I was going to draw on from what you said. Um, the fact that something not... I guess I don't know if this is the right phrase for it, but something that isn't physical or it's not tangible, you can't physically see it, is actually improving your happiness and your mental um, your mental mm-hmm. state, which is profound, but it's exactly what the, like, you know, the Qur'an says and the hadith, that's what it promotes. And there's a verse in the Qur'an where it says, Verily, in the remembrance of Allah do the hearts find ease. So it's exactly what you said, like how saying saying being gratitude being gratitude being grateful for what allah has given you ultimately is gonna do you well you know at the end of the day this religion is for us we're the slaves of allah so when we're grateful and we turn to allah ultimately helps us which i think is really beautiful so that was just an introduction and the first section uh that we're going to discuss um we're going to briefly look at the current outlook on self-care and basically looking after ourselves so essentially Obviously, we're on social media, we're in, you know, the society and there is an agenda that is being pushed, especially onto young sisters. I feel like it's definitely something we can't escape from. So first of all, what is the view and what do we usually see and what have we been ourselves, I guess, victims of like, of this like ideology or not ideology, I would say like this viewpoint, yeah, of like taking care of ourselves. Mm, I think taking care of yourself still important because you're still you know looking after your body but the western version Mm -hmm. or the non-muslim version of self-care is very different like imagine going gym is self-care but i feel like they add a lot of immodesty into it yeah (laughs) in the nicest way possible obviously not judging that's their life but um yeah i think you're basically talking about how superficial is as much as these ways are positive of course working out is good for you you're physically working your body you're physically taking care of your skin but that's kind of where the line ends. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and do you think that is, like, toxic or do you think it's harmless? Because a lot of people would say, yeah, but, like, that's something, you know, we should be doing. But I think the amount or, like, the... Pr- not the... Sorry, not the pressure. I'm trying to phrase it right. Like, the... Um, I think it's slightly pressure to, like, always yeah, look good. Exactly. And it even links with... I don't know if we've spoken about it before, but it kind of slightly links with, like, productivity. And it's, like, everything is not linear. Like... Just because this and this, you do this and this, doesn't mean mm-hmm. you're going to get the result that 
people say it's not life isn't a formula so for example if you work out or if you're constantly in the gym or if you're constantly like taking care of your skin you're not gonna look like these people I think that's the disconnect and that is what like causes the toxicity and within this whole like concept and also I think you did speak about like immodesty within um the current outlook on self-care aside from it being superficial what makes it like immodest I think like the intention Mm -hmm. if you're working out with the intention to you know look after your body for the sake of Allah yeah I feel like that's very different than working out because you want to appeal to other people oh that is actually so important and I think the same for skincare like you can do skincare, you know, for the sake of Allah, because you're trying to look after your skin. It's something given to you by Allah, so you have to look after it. But then there are also people who do skincare to just look nice for others. Yeah, I think that is... And in Islam, is the intention is incredibly, like, big. Like, we know the hadith actions are based on your intentions. So you can be doing the same thing, or me and me can be doing the same thing. Um, but one of our good deeds are accepted because one of them was based on good intentions. The other one was based on, like, showing off. But, um, yeah, I think those those are where the differences lie and we need to be very careful with that. So, yeah, intention. Um, so we've just spoken about, like, a few, like, toxic traits that can um, come from this current outlook. Before I move on, I was going to talk about, as Muslim women, there's a certain way we should dress. There's a certain way that we should um, hold ourselves, even your character. So when people are pushing, oh, you know self-care is like put some makeup on go out if you look good you feel good or if you feel good you look good and it's like okay so now is this muslim woman that is trying her best to obtain and wear the correct hijab is she not like taking care of herself just because she's wearing like a jilbab or abaya with a bare face and it's like that can affect young women because they're not actually part of that category and they can be kind of pushed to the corner and seen as like strangers so before we get on to the Islamic outlook on self-care and looking after our souls, what good can we take from it? Because there's always, of course, there are good that we can take from non-Muslims. It's not always all bad. So what do you think? I do appreciate how much non-Muslims do focus on looking after yourself. Because I feel like when I look at my, my parents and that, that culture difference, it's very much looking after others yeah. more than yourself, prioritising others and not really yourself. When you combine the two of like Islamic teachings and, you know, looking at how West do things and you combine looking after yourself, but also looking after others, if that makes sense. Like you're not neglecting either. Oh yeah, that's a good point because nowadays it's all me 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 it's all that yeah very individualistic yes exactly yeah taking that um would you say like you're taking the individualistic outlook from Mm -hmm. maybe the west and what we've seen growing up here but then combining with the community that we've seen from our parents and the older generations yeah definitely agree on that now we're going to be talking about the islamic outlook on self-care um specifically i want to ask you hamda what does Islam say about looking after ourselves and ourselves? Okay, so a lot of the time, again, we're paraphrasing if we mention anything, but we will always reference it on our Instagram over at NeuroJournals. So is this <laughs> or NeuroJournals pod? NeuroJournals pod. Okay, so if you want to know, if you want to see, actually, go and look at that. But, um, yeah, so I think in Islam, it's, it's more of a holistic kind of viewpoint where you look after others you look after yourself 
um, and you look after the community. But in terms of looking after your soul, it's always linked with your relationship with Allah. Like I said in the introduction, by reconnecting with the Quran, um, with the Sunnah, the more essentially the more you do in a day, um, or the more you align your lifestyle with the teachings of the Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, is the happier you'll be. Um, the more your soul will be fulfilled. And I think what is important, you can't really attain that without seeking knowledge, without seeking the correct knowledge in how to do all these things. Yeah, I think the most important thing that I think Islam pushes is purifying the soul um, and prioritising that. What have you, like, learned or, yeah? One way that I think Islam says that we should look after soul is by doing Sadaqajariya. The, because the Prophet, peace be upon him, mentioned that even, um, you know, your smile is a form of charity and you will never lose, like, wealth from giving charity. You can only gain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, that, that point is important because, okay, now we know, like, let's say, okay, Allah has told us every every soul shall taste death. What are we going to do? What What is the action we're actually going to um, take after knowing that? We need to be proactive. I feel like, yeah, that's where the complacency came from. In Islam, it's like, it, it promotes action, it promotes doing things for yourself, actually going out there. But with, um, with I think, the social outlook now, today in the Western society, it's all about, it's okay, like, take care of yourself. Like, you, you choose you. And what is choosing you? Choosing you is to stay at home and, like, do nothing for yourself. Don't, like, work for what you want. Let's say you want to attain knowledge in, you know, the Islamic the Islamic context, are you just going to sit there or are you going to go out and actually seek the knowledge? Let's say you want to gain money or you want to be financially secure, are you just going to sit there watching Netflix, scrolling through Instagram saying, you know, take care of yourself, boo. Um, there has to be a line um, so that that complacency doesn't turn toxic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think, yeah, we should always, like, give ourselves a break when it's needed. But I think we need to use Islam in, in, in order to actually get us going. Um, and it's sad, but, like, no, it's not sad. <laughs> I mean, like, thinking about death can get depressing sometimes. But you should use it to motivate yourself, not to depress yourself and say, well, we're going to die, what's the point of doing this, what's the point of that? Like, I'm not going to be able to take any of this to the afterlife. Because I think there has to be a balance. You can't be on one extreme end where you're saying, I'm not even going to literally integrate with society because I'm going to die one day. All I'm going to do is, um, all I'm going to do is just like read my Quran, which is of course good. But there's a level you need to also be part of the community. Then the other extreme is just nothing matters anyways. I'm going to live, fulfill mm-hmm. my like life and just enjoy. Um, and as Muslims, we should be in the middle. Uh, of both extremes but yeah definitely what okay what actions would you take in terms of um enhancing your spiritual well-being and what would you advise people for me personally what i want to do is keep you know giving charity i think spreading knowledge like through the podcast Mm -hmm. because there is a hadith which says when a man dies his good deeds come to an end except three ongoing charity beneficial knowledge and a righteous child who will pray for him yeah yeah even like even me if i find something out and i tell you 
that is Sadaqah Jariyah. And then the beautiful thing about the concept is if you go ahead and tell what I told to someone else, then I'm getting, do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm back in the link and then you're in the link and it's just something that is just so beautiful. Um, alhamdulillah for that. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. And I think we've spoken about Tahajjud a lot. That's something that people can, you know, if there's something you're going to take away from this episode, take that away. And you don't have to be praying. Of course, yeah, you can pray. Like maybe, so it's two raka'ah. Tahajjud is actually two raka'ah, but then you can do mm-hmm. two, 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 two. Um, yeah. But even like starting up, you can wake up a couple minutes before Tahajjud, just pray two raka'ah um, and then build your way up from there. Um, even like istikhara, just asking Allah for guidance in any circumstance you're in. Uh, we already mentioned dhikr, keeping your tongue moist with the remembrance of Allah because, again, this is what's going to make you successful. This is what's, what um, is going to bring you happiness. And that reminds you of um, a hadith that the Prophet I think it was his daughter, uh, she was kind of having like a difficult time struggling, balancing um, housework so then she asked her um, yeah she asked her father like the prophet said can you call me a maid and he said the advice he gave her is read subhanallah 33 times I think it was Allah Akbar and alhamdulillah I will double check that mm-hmm. but essentially he told her to just remember Allah right mm-hmm. and then that helped her so it's kind of I don't know, not crazy, but like it's profound how we think, okay, we need action. We need this to, this to help us. A plus B equals C. But no, sometimes just turning to Allah will help you more than what you think can help you. Um, so yeah, I think it just goes back to the whole worship slaves of Allah. We can never think um, we know what's best for ourselves because at the end of the day, the creation will never know the creator as well as the creator knows the creation. Okay, guys, so we've just finished speaking about the Islamic outlook on self-care, what Islam says about it, um, and how we look after our souls. Um, So now we're just going to give you some personal input on how we can benefit and implement um, the Islamic outlook and the current outlook on society. What are you maybe going to start implementing to really intentionally nor like I was gonna say nourify <laughs> nurture your soul and purify it mm, I think maybe being better at setting intentions mm-hmm. like, it, what? like in the episode we mentioned how there's a difference between like the way non-muslims do self-care and the way we do self-care in yeah. the sense of if you're working out not yeah, Muslims might yeah. work out for themselves or to look back to others. Mm-hmm. But in Islam, if you make the intention that you're working out for Allah, like, you know, you're... Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, that yeah. is a banger. I'll be real. I just, <laughs> you just reminded me that you said that. That's so good. Inshallah, mm-hmm. that's something I'll be doing as well. Yeah, because I feel like I, yeah, I don't intention set enough. I think if I do that more often, like even in my studies, if I set the intention that I'm doing it so I can learn and help, like, you know, people for the sake of Allah. Yeah, no, totally. Like, w- once you are doing something for the sake of Allah, that now turns into a worship. So now you are getting the same reward as if you was worshipping Allah, which is mm-hmm. crazy, which is not crazy, sorry. Yeah. I don't like to use the word crazy in these contexts, but which is 
incredible, subhanAllah, because you're just working out or you're just going to uni and you're still getting reward, which is beautiful. Um, yeah, and I just wanted to make a note, this is something that differs us and the people of the time of the Prophet his companions. Every little thing they do, they do make the intention to please Allah. Um, and that's how you gain barakah in your life because if you're doing everything for the creator, um, even things that you don't necessarily enjoy like maybe you have to work like really long hours but then Allah's going to put that barakah in your life whether it's going to be through fruitful um like you're going to get like a good income from it or Allah's going to put barakah in your money or your time or your efforts it's just yeah thank you for that um for me I think I this is something I want to like input in and I want to like I want people to benefit from this as well being consistent I feel like I struggle with that personally. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'll do maybe like one week, I'll go hardcore, do everything that I need to do, everything that I need to do and I want to do, I'll do it in that week and then I'll just like fall off. But I think that fall off comes from like, over, not it's not really overcompensating, but like doing way too much. Like, mm-hmm. you know how there's like, you should do maybe like a, a moderate you should be at a moderate level but when you're doing way too much you're going to burn out a lot quicker mm-hmm. um so yeah the advice I'd give is like do things little by little but daily um yeah. so as long as you're doing at least one or two things every single day and then you can just like work your way up instead of doing 10 things a day and then next week you're not doing any of those things so there's not really much benefit in that um and the prophet Salam did say the deeds that are most dear to Allah are the consistent, but the, the small and consistent deeds. So inshallah, I pray Allah makes that all easy for us and makes setting our intentions um, with every like action easy for us as well. Ameen. Ameen. Um, but yeah, death is not the worst thing. The worst thing is dying without iman, dying without righteous deeds, dying without having repented, dying without having your heart attached to Allah dying without having lived upon lived your life upon Islam, dying in a state that is displeasing to Allah, this is the worst thing.